we focus on our energy and figuring out how do how are we going to be able to open an account to somebody that hasn't yet arrived to the U.S. Because that is a big pain point for those who come to the U.S. Right? They they need to have that first bank account in order to, to do the first rental where they're going to live to get the first phone that they're going to need. You're listening to Payments Innovation, a podcast dedicated to helping business leaders navigate today's global digital economy. Looking to learn about the latest innovations within fintech and payments? You've come to the right place. Let's get into the show. Welcome to another episode of the Payments Innovation Podcast. This is your host, Chris D'Antuano with Currency Cloud. And today, happy to have Joaquin from Ryle. Joaquin, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you doing, Chris? Yeah, it's really good to have you on today. You know, obviously we've had discussions in the past and we've been connected for a few years now over a few different ventures. So really happy to have you on today to discuss about what your new project at Ryo and bringing uh, that to market here in the U.S. But before we get deep into that, if you could, for our listeners, give a a background about your history and what what got you into this space and we can take it from there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'll do it quickly. I I was... Born and raised in Madrid, Spain, where right after graduation from computer science, I started a social network with a couple of friends. We we saw the opportunity of an online social network that was not prominent in Spain and decided to start one. It grew really fast to become the largest social network in Spain. We sold it to a major media group for about $100 million. And then right after that exit, uh, I came to the U.S., to Los Angeles. Uh, Angel invested in several companies, one of them called Glass, where I helped them launch the product. And um, it got eventually, we exited from that one as well. And I decided to start a payments company. Back in the time, 2010, payments was not as hot. Some startups were starting to appear, but nobody was focusing on the mobile payment uh, Precisely, and we wanted to fix that problem. So, a couple of friends and I started Kuape back in the time in Santa Monica, where we started developing mobile payment technologies with QR codes and near field communications and other technologies. We did a, a bunch of large pilots with KFC, Taco Bell, with uh, like hundreds of their locations in the LA area, as well as large deployments of mobile payments in Latin America with QR codes for gas stations, specifically all gas stations in Chile and Colombia use that technology. And right after that company, a large bank in Spain approached me to help to for help on their innovation hub in San Francisco. They were building it, so they needed some help and decided to start working with them in San Francisco. So I moved from LA to San Francisco about four years ago to help them. And that's when we started another company. This one was more of an intraventure inside of BBVA. It was called Denison. And uh, the intention of that uh, startup was to build the first global, true global bank account. Up to the time, uh, everybody was trying to solve the problem with prepaid products. So we decided to try to solve the problem with real bank accounts. And we successfully did it and launched in, in 2017 with a, a global bank account with a debit card. And it had, at the same time, a European IBAN and an account number for the US. So you could basically pay locally in both jurisdictions at the same time. And right after that, uh, the same team uh, with the bug of why don't we launch our own company again? We decided to start Rayo. So January this year, we uh, we raised some funds and we decided to start Rayo. And Rayo pretty much is uh, our vision with Rayo is to 
solve the problem of financial inclusion of immigrants in the U.S. and in other countries, of course. But we're starting with uh, developing a digital bank for immigrants. And it basically tailors all the financial products and needs that all the immigrants will need throughout their journey, arriving to the U.S. as well as staying in the U.S. for several years. So we've, we've designed a product that can accompany that person before they arrive to the U.S. where we can open them a, bank, a bank account and then in the U.S. where they can get the debit card, of course, they, they, they can apply to credit cards, personal loans, and also savings account and investment. So we, we kind of like go through the journey of that person through the time. And that is Raya. That is the, the first version of Raya that we're launching this summer. Yeah, I appreciate that uh, the background there, and and it's you know obviously quite extensive and successful. So you know, really good to have you on to 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 discuss your transition over the years uh, from a social network into into the, the the fun banking world that I'm sure you're you know that you've had uh, some some challenges with, and then also some innovations with obviously with Rio. Um, you know, bringing uh, the challenger bank model to the U.S. obviously. Um, at least from from my perspective, we were a little bit behind, I guess, comparable to Europe and in the UK for digital banking. And now we're starting to see more of an influx in that. Um, do you, as far as Rio, you know, you guys are going at it um, with a very specific, um, you know, end client. Do you see that as a as a you know more of a need here in the digital banking world rather than the traditional, um, you know, checking and savings accounts? That is a very good question. Um, the The way that we're approaching to serve and cater the immigrant community is not by just verticalizing into financial products. We've uh, we are including a set of products within the radio ecosystem, allowing them to have more than just a bank account. So, for instance, for those who are moving into the U.S., we are able to offer them a SIM card with a data plan, so they can call cheaper back home. We have integrated a remittance partner that is called Neum. So we can send money back home for free for all these customers. We've also partnered with a law firm, immigration law firm, so they can get a free time of consultation with them and then hefty discounts on their fees so that they can have um, immigration consultation with um, specialists and lawyers so that the the value proposition that we're offering them is more than just banking. Uh, We're trying to remove the friction of being an immigrant basically in the U.S. Yeah, and and I think that approach could definitely even transition into obviously uh, U.S. citizens. And there's a need for that within the banking landscape um, to have more of a lifestyle brand that obviously is connected to your finances as well. So when you determine, I guess, what you want to embed into the app for the user experience, um, you know, you did mention that you have a few partners that are helping there. How do you guys decide, I guess, along that that journey of, you know, what the end client needs and then making the decision on, you know, who the right partner is and making those decisions as far as your priorities go? So. That is also a very good question. I think that because we're targeting a very specific target audience, that um, it's usually an edge case for any bank in the U.S. It was really hard to find that partner that would understand the type of customers that we're catering to and what the value proposition was and how we were 
going to basically serve them and cater them. So we've been going through all the different partners that would understand the, the type of audience that we're working with and, and that they also feel as related to that audience as we feel. So the, the, the Riot team, we're only seven people. Most of us are either immigrants or foreigners to the U.S. So we understand very well what the problems are and we suffer them ourselves personally. So when we choose a partner, we want to see if there is that same level of empathy to the target audience that we have with that partner. That said, as you mentioned before, uh, Rayo does cater also to people that are U.S. citizens. We offer them the same benefits and services than uh, our target audience. So there is no issue whatsoever in having them on Rayo or using Rayo. Uh, there is a lot of benefits that are common to both immigrants and the U.S. citizens anyway. And so, yeah, and it's really good points. Uh, and when you, uh, I guess, along your journeys with your different ventures here and now at Ryo, um, you know, when, when you determine that there's a need for a specific, uh, you know, area, you know, or, or, or uh, I guess, opportunity uh, and try to solve those problems for, for the end customer, how do you personally go about, you know, like as the steps forward to you know launch a product and make make those moves and get them aligned to prioritize to start start the business because I know we have a lot of listeners that are um, you know starting out as entrepreneurs and looking for ways to build their own payment products in line. Yeah, so um, for us, it was first the need to have a bank account before they arrive to the country. So we focus on our energy and figuring out how do how are we going to be able to open an account to somebody that hasn't yet arrived to the U.S. Because that is a big pain point for those who come to the U.S., right? They, they need to have that first bank account in order to, to do the first rental where they're going to live to get the first phone that they're going to need and, and so forth. Like bank accounts seems to be kind of like that pivotal item. I know in the UK, it definitely is. And there are some catch-22s that you get in the UK with this problem where if you don't have a bank account, you cannot get a rent or a utility bill. But if you don't, you cannot get a utility bill unless you have a bank account where to bill. Like there is that kind of like back and forth. In the US, it's very similar. So we wanted to fix that problem out of the get-go. And then right after that, the, the second problem is how are we able to move money back and forward from our and to our home country? There are many instances for immigrants that they either have to move money to the US, their own money to be able to, to bootstrap their life in the US, or people who actually are uh, in the US that need to send money back home. So that was the next that was the next problem we wanted to tackle, and we looked at partners that were able to basically do a very seamless approach to sending money and could partner with us in a way that we could add a lot of value to our customers. And uh, and then from that moment, we knew what the MO should be with each of the partners we would get next, right? So the following one was um, the card issuer. Then we, we started talking with the partners for the credit cards and then for the personal loans and so forth and so forth. Yeah, it, um, you know, so... A few of my uh, old colleagues, I guess, moved over here into the U.S. and obviously having established credit in, in other locations as they get here, they're unable to, to, to get approved for an apartment just because they don't have you know, a credit score here in the U.S. and, and trying to find different ways to, you know, to facilitate, uh, I guess, life, life in a new country. Um, it can be super difficult, and I'm sure, obviously, for your <laughs> with similar, similar experiences as well. 
um, along those lines. So I think obviously, you know, one of the areas that I see as a, as a massive value for you guys is that, you know, you've been through the journey and you know exactly and you're speaking to it and you're making uh, obviously those, those areas of improvements to make it easier for that lifestyle. In regards to the, I guess, just the banking side, um, what what are the, some of the, the features for the finance side of it? I know you mentioned, you know, banking or checking account, savings account with, with a card. But if you could talk a little bit about the, the value of the services that as far as the financial services that you're providing the end customers. So the for for somebody, the, the user experience for somebody that opens value for the first time is we we ask them for a series of a, series, a, a bunch of information that we basically need to be able to open their account with our bank partner. So we onboard the customer asking them uh, to scan their passport, to scan their work piece, of course, um, to be able to record them themselves through a video so we can check that they are the actual legit owners of, of such documents and another set of private information that we need to be able to pinpoint that person and make sure that we're opening the account to the right person. And then they get a check-in account and we issue them a debit card if they already are in the US. And we are able from that moment to offer them other value propositions, such a, a high yield savings account. Uh, we're, all, we're able to offer them to apply to a credit card without an SSN. We're, off, we're, all, we're offering them to open a personal loan with, without SSN as well. So we, we actually are giving them a lot of value out of the bat from the moment they start using Rayo. And then finally, uh, they're able to basically connect their, their family back home with a, with a data plan that they can enable from the app of Rayo directly. So they don't even need to go to a different provider or anything in between. And, uh, and they can also send them money right away with basically as if they were transferring out of their bank account. So there is a huge value right at the get-go. And we don't charge a dime from the moment they start because we believe that these services for these specific uh, populations shall be free. Uh, though we we're going to offer a, a premium offering for those who want more, and and that one is going to be a, a premium offering that obviously will have a, a subscription fee. But the base product will be without any fees to be paid, and and basically you'll you'll be able to use it like like any other neobank that you would see anywhere else, but with the flavor of all the tools that you need as an immigrant. With these services that you mentioned in regards to the checking, the loans, are those all tied to the same banking provider or do you, do you couple that with, I guess, a few providers in the background to, to issue out different services? So it depends on the service. We will use the same bank partner or we'll use a different partner. There was there was no challenge from our bank partner to offer all of those services through them. But we wanted to partner with the right partners that knew this population back and forth. So we've been able to start to strike a partnership with other startups and companies and financial institutions that do know the immigrant population very well so that we can basically make sure that we're not learning in the process with them, but we have very experienced partners that know how to work with them and how to serve them and how to cater them better than we would do. So we do a mix of both. Did you, uh, I guess, coming from uh, a larger banking institution and now working more in the in the sponsor bank type of ecosystem, are there much differences the way they operate, I guess, from the perspective of uh, seeking out uh, services, you know, for from the challenger bank's perspective, looking for a sponsorship, 
in the way they operate comparable to the larger institutions that you know you were working through before? <laughs> there is an immense uh, difference working with a partner bank that is used to work with fintechs and that has already it is already a bank partner of other fintechs versus working with a large conglomerate of banks which are basically a multiple banks under the same brand that are trying to do the same as a partner bank right as the as the smaller partner bank having worked with both i can say that there are some elements that do look alike such for instance compliance so you'll always have to go through the same hurdles whether you're in a large bank or in a smaller bank and if the large bank is smart enough they probably have adapted already their teams as they did on bva the, in our partner bank current partner bank compliance team is a little bit nimbler than what bva was uh, and that gives more flexibility. But where we've seen the biggest difference is on the fact that we were able to start integrating and start testing out of the bat within weeks from having shake our hands. And that is something inimaginable right now with, with one of the, those large partners. So there is a huge difference. In, and this partner bank that we've chosen and we're working with actually has scaled really big with other fintechs. So we feel comfortable that we're going to be uh, with this partner bank for the long run. They've scaled to a big audience and, and we know that um, they're, they're going to be able to scale with us. Yeah, it's really, it's really exciting to hear that, especially that I think you know the, the, the partner bank perspective really started off of at least from my perspective, the prepaid era um, now has transitioned to more of the, you know, more of the digital banking solutions. And they've kind of, you know, accepted the fact of the, I guess, the role that they play in and really embraced that, in it, which is making it, I think, that that conversation and those opportunities, you know, much easier to have and actually scalable, like you mentioned, off of that, rather than trying to have a, you know, a, a rough partnership from the get-go to, to, to have a challenge there. So it's really good to hear, um, you know, the success there and the, and the journey that you're you're about to head on with them. So it's really exciting to see. Well, Joaquin, it's really good to have you on today. Um, for our listeners um, that are looking to get in touch for, you know, partnership opportunities or to bring traffic, should they connect at, uh, at your website? Yeah, they can they can look at us at rayo.com, R-A-Y-O.com, or they can simply uh, send send me an email to Joaquin.iuso at Rayo.com or support at Rayo.com, whatever seems easier to type. Awesome. Yeah, well, we'll be sure to to post those out in the blog uh, with this episode as well. Um, so like I said, really good to have you on. Awesome stuff to what you're doing. Obviously, you're, it's a, in, in your new venture, it's a, also another exciting journey that you're you're embarking on. We're excited to see how you, you know, how uh, your launch goes, and uh, always uh, good to talk with you as well. Good to talk to you, Chris, and thank you for having me. Of course, take care. Take care. Currency Cloud is an online payments company that makes international money transfers fast and simple for businesses. We're building a borderless future where international transactions are seamless for a better user experience. Discover the world's most trusted payment platform and our toolkit of developer-friendly APIs at currencycloud.com. You've been listening to the Payments Innovation Podcast. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe now in iTunes or your favorite podcast player. Thanks for listening. Until next time.